Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Four, 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 seven. Hello and welcome. And this is the weekly um, Spirit Seeker. Uh, hour brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine, and this is Cindy Meyer, and I am your radio show host, and um, I am the publisher of Spirit Seeker Magazine, and we started the magazine, it's hard to believe, over 22 years ago, and um, the magazine has continued to grow. We started off as a St. Louis paper, then we expanded to the Midwest, to all the different um, kinds of towns in Missouri, Kansas, and smaller towns, Kansas City, and then we migrated to Chicago, and we are in other small towns in um, Illinois as well. And then we are also in West Palm Beach, Florida, with a print magazine. The digital magazine has been online since 1998, and the digital magazine is larger than the print magazine. Um, and we have readers all over the world due to this radio show that's been going on for almost um, – 12 years and because people have just read us digitally and we support conferences all over the United States. Uh, We um, like to be on the front lines with who's doing good work and um, tonight you're going to be hearing some really good work and I'll be bringing my uh, two guests on in just one second. I'm just going to do a couple more of announcements before that happens. Um, We were just recently this weekend at the Body, Mind, Spirit Expo in Chicago Um, and I just want to give a shout out to um, Megan and Marcella and um, Linda for doing a fabulous job. It was just a wonderful gathering. Um, you, uh, you will also find us at many other conferences in the next three months. But to find out about what's happening throughout the United States and, um, and when the radio show is, uh, who the guests are, when the shows are happening, and also to find out when, um, when the magazine is online, uh, just it has to be added to our email list. You can do it one of two ways. You can go to spiritseeker.com, and there's an email uh, link there to click on, or you can send us an email to info at spiritseeker.com asking to be added, and we'll add you that way. We do not sell our list, so the only thing you're going to hear about is wonderful, amazing, expansive events and what's happening at Spirit Seeker. Okay, I think that is it. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to um, bring on my two guests. Uh, we will be hearing from Marta Thomas, who is the founder of the Global Pyramid Conference. And um, she is uh, having her second conference coming up September 20th through 23rd, and she'll be telling us all about that. And we are also bringing on uh, John Shaughnessy, who is one of the um, featured speakers at this conference, and he's the author of two books, Pyramid Gravity Force, and There is Something About the Moon. Both books have original content and many new discoveries. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Marta on. Hello, Marta. Hello, Cindy. Thank you so much for having (laughs) us on. Absolutely my pleasure. And John, are you there? Uh, uh, If you can hear me, I'm here. You are here. We are all here. Okay. Okay. So thank you. Thank you both for being my guests. And um, once again, I apologize for the for the whatever happened last week, but we are here and it is all good. So, um, so, so Marta, I think I'd like to start with you. And um, if you would just share with our listeners 
how your fascination with pyramids started and how this led to where you are today. I know you take groups to eat, well, not just to eat, you take groups to pyramids, but how did this start? Were you a little girl that just were fascinated with the pyramids, or where where did this all begin? <laughs> not at all. Um, okay. My first tour to Egypt came across uh, about in 1978. That was about 100 years ago. And um, I was invited as a, as a folkloric dance um, teacher and professional dancer. I was invited to meet uh, Dr. Uh, Mamoun Zita, the head of the folkloric dance troupe in Cairo, Egypt at the time. He just recently retired last year. And it was a wonderful opportunity. I went along with 32 other uh, dancers, and we were given a fascinating tour, a one-of-a-kind tour of Egypt back then, um, and uh, there was my first introduction to actually standing in front of the Sphinx and in front of the pyramids. And I was fascinated uh, ever since, but it will be a long time after that before I started to work with pyramids, and that came about 10 years ago after meeting um, Dr. Sam Osmanaji, the discoverer of the Bosnian pyramids. And so it began. And it has developed slowly, bit by bit, to where I am today, um, sitting, doing the second International Pyramid Conference, which will be the second of three conferences. The next one will be 2020, and it will be Pyramid, Vibration, and Sound. But this year, the emphasis is on healing with pyramids and its benefit. There's so much that's going out there uh, in relation to pyramid that we just don't hear about. Um, we have a group of international medical doctors and healers, hands-on healers, that are healing and working and balancing the body with just pyramid of whatever it ails you. And they are going to come in and show their work and introduce their work and also uh, show you how you can do it yourself. And that is a gift they give you. And this is happening over a period of three and a half days um, in September 20 to the 23rd of this year. So it's just around the corner, four weeks away. We have also an international group of vendors coming from far to, um, to gather you know, with products that you have never seen before in your life. And again, they're doing absolutely fascinating work that you don't hear about. And this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to come together. I had people coming, vendors coming from Austria, Canada, Thailand, uh, Kuala Lumpur, Cairo, uh, and, of course, United States. And the vendor's area is open throughout the conference, free of charge, open to the public, free of charge uh, throughout the conference. That's an event in and of itself, Marta. <laughs> it's just to bring that many people coming together. Um, I mean, it's like a global market, you know, with um, – 
and I and I know the effort it is, you know, it takes to bring that many people together. So that's that's fabulous. And how is it that you decided with the second one to be more the medical research and what's happening? Was that just something you received in guidance or? Indeed. Um, from the beginning, it was to be three sets of uh, conferences um, each year with a different thing. The first one was scientific. But I was particularly interested in bringing the medical aspect of pyramids because there's so much, again, going on out there that you don't hear about. Right now, there are two centers, one in Bali and one in Montreal, Canada, that have built uh, pyramids, and they do sound healing underneath the pyramids that you don't hear about at all. Uh, there is a fascination uh, in, in Cuba, of all places, where they had had for decades very little access to Western medicine or any medicine of any kind. So they have turned to pyramids and magnets to do, do healing and curing. In Cuba, the doctors, uh, head of the orthopedic, the orthopedic surgeon, head of all the hospitals in Cuba, heals bone issues with pyramids and wow. magnets. That's it. Again, I, I keep repeating myself, is you don't hear about this. So to me, it was important to bring this aspect of the pyramids to, um, to the conference. This is not a UFO conference. This is not an anti-government conference. This is a conference about you, yourself, and how you can empower yourself easily, inexpensively, um, to do the work you need to do on your own self. And that is really, really important going forward. Fascinating. So um, I'm going to bring our other guest on in just a moment, but I do want to ask, Marta, and we can talk about this more later in the show, you have seen pyramids in many countries now or um, the different presenters you've had who have brought the information to you. Um, what, what group of pyramids, I mean, I know you started in Egypt, but what, what group of pyramids has spoken to you the most just like, whoa? Well, the one that is more right now the largest pyramid ever found anywhere, the oldest pyramid ever found anywhere. It's been carbon dated to be 29,000 years older that we've been told is the beginning of civilization. So therefore, who built it if we were not here is the pyramids in Bosnia in Southern Europe. It's the first set of pyramids found anywhere in Europe, and it's the biggest pyramid ever found on the planet so far. It is the most aligned to cosmic two-by-one-degree pyramid ever found. It's the only pyramid that, is, that we are aware of that is built in two crossing rivers, and they do need that water to be energetically active. Um, and this pyramid is so humongously big that it takes approximately, first of all, you can drive to it, and it takes approximately half hour to go from the local town to the plateau of the pyramid. That's a half hour. you still got to walk another 30 minutes to the top. Mm-hmm. So I call that particular pyramid, the Sun Pyramid, the Mother Pyramid, 
And last year, it was found that it's Tesla coil uh, coming out to the top of the pyramid. And it, therefore, this particular sun pyramid, as it's called, is in constant communication, both outgoing and incoming, with 12 other planets. We just never heard of any of this. And John is probably going to talk about uh, what the ancients did. How did all these ancient civilizations that existed at different times on our planet all had the exact same idea? And they built the same buildings throughout the world. And people don't realize when you mention pyramids that just 90% of the American people say Egypt. Maybe some will say Egypt and Mexico. But the facts are there's 300 pyramids just in the American alone. And part of the Saturday night uh, dinner that we're going to have at the conference, we are going to introduce a pyramid that was found in the late 80s that is as big as the Egyptian pyramid in Corfu, Egypt, in the Giza Plateau. And this pyramid... Um, the, the people that founded decided to keep this a secret. They kept the secret so well, they took it to their grave. But we have someone that knows the history and who knows what happened, and he's going to bring the information forward. And this particular pyramid, if you're interested, is of some sort of black obsidian-looking material. And they did find an Egyptian head at the bottom corner of this pyramid. Uh, this is absolutely remarkable. We have several firsts that we are going to reveal during this three-and-a-half-day conference in Chicago. Marta, you know, you just are doing wonderful work for all of us by bringing all of these amazing uh, people together, and it's your vision, you know, and I just want to acknowledge you for holding the space for bringing this, bringing this about, and, I mean, this is yours. If, if it weren't for you, these people would not all be communicating. And, you know, it is fascinating, you know, when the same thing is happening in different parts of the world at the same time or different times in history, but where did that come from? So we're going to switch now to um, author John Shaughnessy. And, John, you can talk about anything you want to talk about because we are fascinated. So start wherever you want, and occasionally I'll interject a question. Or, Marta, if you want to add something, um, please do so. Uh, yes, thanks. Thanks for having having us on the show. I really appreciate it. I really uh, at the beginning of the show, I really wasn't sure if I was being heard or not. So <laughs> uh, you were being uh, heard. I, I wasn't sure. I, made, I didn't. I didn't know if I made a contact. I was. Or just got sidetracked into the uh, into the uh, the other department. So, anyways, glad to be here. And uh, yeah, the pyramids have been a fascination uh, of mine for uh, I don't know, it's a long, 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 long. Time, decades and decades. So, um, you know, and uh, it's it's uh, it's it's going to be great to have everybody come into this um, this network at this conference, like the, we had two years ago. And it was it, you get to meet a lot of people, and you kind of you're getting a download, and you're also uh, you're getting a download from everybody else's work that they're bringing in, and you're also. Uh, giving what you have you know, in a presentation form or sidebar conversations, sitting at a table, having dinner with uh, you know the authors and other people that are there, 
and uh, you know, it's it's a real good synergy. It's a it's a it's a it's a um, it's like the snowball is 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 uh, rolling down the hill and is gaining speed, so to speak. And and uh, you know, Mata does bring people together, brings like-minded people together, and uh, at these uh, conferences, and it really it really accelerates the uh, the learning curve. And um, I think uh, you can see. You see, there's a, there's a, a fracture in the uh, the old mentality, and and the new information coming out is starting to seep in, because people are really saying there's got to be more to the story than just the tomb theory, you know. Um, and uh, you know that's that's basically in a nutshell uh, where it's going. And I think it's it's a collective consciousness. It's going to be. It's not just one person coming in going, I got it. It's it's, it's everybody with with building the theories on, on uh, you know, on uh, hundreds and hundreds of other theories and over hundreds and hundreds of years of hard work from, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of different people. I mean, we, we make up a small a small network, a small slice of the uh, human population. Uh, I call us like the truth seekers. We're just, you know, looking for uh, uh, more logic in the answer, really. So, and we, we make up a, a small little... Uh, section of society, and uh, we're we're dedicated. We're we're researchers. We're scientists. We're doctors. You know, we come from all walks of life and all all uh, disciplines, really. And um, you know, at the end of the day, that's uh, that's that's a good thing to be part of. You know, for me. And um, you know, I I kind of uh, got into uh, you know just I kind of threw my proverbial hat into the uh, pyramid ring back in 2011, 2012 there uh, with, with a theory I had, it was very profound. I, you know, I, I kind of, um, I, you know, you know, like you go over decades and decades before that, uh, not that I'm father time here, but <laughs> um, I can, uh, I can see why I was interested in different, different things like gravity, Einstein's theory, relativity, a lot of Tesla's work. A lot of the you know Newton Newtonian physics. Um, I got exposed to uh, you know uh, astrophysics, working in the planetarium as, as a teenager in Boston. Uh, I used to take tickets and run around the back of the planetarium, and change slides in the old Bell and Howell uh, projectors during the show. And um, you know, so I got I got exposed to supernovas, all the constellations, how everything works, what's driving everything, and. And uh, the fast, I just was absolutely fascinated by it. And um, so, you know, it's, 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 so it's like, a, it's like 20, 30 years, a lifetime of, of uh, collective knowledge and different topics. And I happened to walk into the living room one day and, and TV was on and I was going to sit down and, and uh, from he's a, he's a physicist, pretty famous physicist out of New York. He, uh, right before cutting to a commercial break, he said, we really don't know what these pyramids are doing. You know, so, and I did the free fall into the, uh, the lazy boy there. And w- wouldn't you know it, the globe was like, you know, 15 feet away from me. I had a floor-mounted globe. And I had the uh, thought just like, well, what's on the other side of the uh, Giza Plateau pyramids? And, uh, you know, from the Nile Valley, the pyramids in the Nile Valley. So I got up, I walked across the room, found Giza, and spun the globe 180 degrees, and lo and behold, it's the Hawaiian, the Hawaiian island chain, you know, Hawaiian hotspot in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So it was like 
just a latitude, just you know, straight across, across 180 degrees, approximate same latitude. Uh, you could, you know, take the proverbial yarn pin, just stick it, stick it through the, you know, through the globe, right through um, Giza Plateau, and, and come out the uh, Hawaiian hotspot. So, uh, you know, that, you know, it's just kind of just, it was like, um, it was just an early thought. You know, and you know, I, that's that I had locked onto it. My background's in engineering. I'm basically a, a pretty good troubleshooter in uh, in the uh, in the electronic electrical engineering uh, business as far as a uh, generating electricity for the at the utility level, and uh, you know, operating hundred thousand horsepower machines, gas turbines, steam turbines, boilers, and you know, so it's uh, yeah, one of the one of the good uh, uh, troubleshooters was that was my my uh, my forte when they when they, everybody threw their hands up couldn't figure it out my brain would kick in and I I'd try to uh, uh, figure out what was going on with whatever piece of equipment because it was a challenge you know was, I, that was my thing so uh, that that mentality kind of uh, just followed over into the pyramids and um, I had a couple of uh, uh, you know, uh, supernatural events happen uh, uh, down in the, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, the Bermuda Triangles in the Navy, and we lost power out in the Bermuda Triangle. It was a beautiful day, clear blue sky. There was it, the, the ocean was like glass. You couldn't tell where the horizon began and the ocean ended. I mean, it's just like we're in a blue, a blue marble, you know, and, and uh, we lost power. It was like 90 degrees out. I, I just, it was just, uh, just amazing. And, um, you know, the backup generators didn't start, you know, just a couple of little batteries worked on the small little lantern batteries about, you know, big as your hand, they scattered about the ship. Uh, but other than that, nothing else. We were just dead in the water. And, uh, you know, it was about 15, 20 minutes before we, uh, regained uh, backup power. And then it was, you know, a few hours before we were able to, uh, establish, um, you know, uh, 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 propulsion and, and start going again. So that that uh, that that always stuck in my mind, and you know I've had you know some psychic events growing up, and I'd freak my friends out here and there once in a while. And so I was I was aware of uh, you know I had some gifts like all of us do. Um, didn't know what to do with it. I, I always I was always looking for a class that would explain how to. Uh, um, how do you handle, uh, you know, psychic activity, or you know, what's 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 the deal? Is, uh, you know, how do you know how do you explain it? What's going on? Where does it come from? Uh, didn't didn't get into that on uh, plethora of knowledge until in my twenties, so uh, um, uh, late teens, anyways. But um, yeah, getting back to the uh, theory I had was, um, you know, it was uh, you know these two pyramid and volcano aligning, and I'm saying, well if those two are aligning, how about other pyramids? What are they aligning with? Because I was getting into, you know, my, my back, background in gravity and, and uh, theoretical physics, uh, you know, just started to steer me in that direction. So I, I started to look at the larger pyramids you know, on the planet, and I was surprised to find out how many larger pyramids there were, big, a lot bigger, twice as tall, twice as big, twice as massive as the Great Pyramid of Keys, although not as uh, profoundly built with, with uh, the stonework, but there were large earth and stone uh, pyramids out there that were, you know, geometrically shaped masses. Um, 
So anyways, going full circle, I, I found out that a lot of pyramids, large pyramids, all of them lined up with volcanoes. And and uh, it was like the Pyramid of the Sun down in uh, Mexico uh, aligned with Mount Sejiri over in Sri Lanka. Then, you know, the, uh, the pyramid, uh, Pyramids over in Shen, China lined up with the uh, Bermuda hotspot. Again, straight lines. We're talking about taking a yarn pin and going right through the globe and uh, through the pyramid and come right out the... Uh, the volcano, and uh, you know, you had Ladante uh, and El Tigre down in, uh, I think it's um, Guatemala. They lined up with the uh, Nicobar Islands. Uh, that was that's a part of a huge uh, subduction zone over there in the uh, Sumatra. Uh, uh, it's called the Sumatra subduction zone, and so it it started to formulate its own theory and. Um, well, so what's the connection I'm thinking? I'm like, how are these things connected? It's like, you know, we're talking four, five, six thousand miles away here. And it and um, you know, it, it was it was gravity, but I didn't understand the mechanics behind the uh, gravitational energy at, at first, but I kept I kept uh, digging and looking for uh, more observable physical repeatable evidence that showed that hey, look, something's something's going on here. These things are all in alignment with volcanoes or subduction zone or volcanic islands. Um, the only one that's actually active right now is the uh, Hawaiian hotspot in the Giza Plateau. And during during different geographical, uh, yeah, geological times, other pyramids will kick in and other hotspots and uh, volcanoes will uh, become constant erupting volcanoes like the Hawaiian hotspot is to relieve magma pressure. But uh, what, what, I, what I found out that was uh, driving uh, this, this uh, gravitational energy between these two sites was the moon. And uh, it was, it, we spin through the moon's gravitational field uh, you know, uh, every day, uh, 24 hours a day we spin through it. Um, and, uh, you know, so, we, so what, what do we have to show that the moon's actually having an effect on the pyramids, and what, what what I did find was that um, we have a moon high tide, and the on the opposite side of the planet, 180 degrees away from that high tide, is the moonless high tide. So what it's doing, it's pulling the uh, gravitational field of the Earth towards the moon and lowering the gravitational field on the opposite side of the planet, and creating a high tide on the moonless side. So. So in essence, what's going on is the uh, the pyramids basically uh, lower the gravitational fields under these uh, uh, volcanoes, under these uh, under the Hawaiian hotspot. And today, no one's got uh, a real good mainstream does not have a real good answer on why the Hawaiian hotspot is in existence like this it just does it just defies uh all logic until you kind of look at my theory not to pat myself on the back here but if you look at my theory i kind of i plug in all the uh all the mechanics and all the uh, physics and and uh back it up with what we can see every day and that's a high tide on the planet and it's um and it's a and it's a large it's the largest subatomic flow that we are exposed to on the planet also. So uh, moving into, uh, you know, so I, it, this, this particular uh, discovery that I kind of, uh, kind of got into um, opened up 
numerous windows and numerous um, other disciplines of physics that uh, affect the earth and affect us as human beings. And uh, over, over, you know, that, that period of six years now, ended up getting more and more into the moon as, um, you know, as, as like, uh, you know, the stabilizer of the planet. It, it, has a, it has a tremendous effect on on the environment that we actually enjoy every day with the high tides and it controls the, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, rotational speed of the Earth, keep it down to a 24-hour day. Without the moon, we'd have like uh, eight-hour days. It, it, and um, it also helps the uh, gravitational, uh, you know, medium on the planet and with that i mean it it, it also uh, boosts the magnetic field that we have it creates the van allen belts it has a lot a, a lot to do with um us being protected from solar radiation uh, charged particle particles coming in from the sun so it's like with we're, we're basically uh, in a binary orbit with each other and uh, we we can't do one can't do without the other. So if we're, uh, you know, it's a marriage made in uh, heaven, I guess. So, uh, you know, moving on from that, I got into the moon and um, had some had some discoveries uh, with the moon and had some more um, some more theories that I put out for, uh, for uh, physics, theoretical physics, on um, the the, uh, the moon actually drives the ice age and the interglacial periods based on the ice water ratios of the planet. So it's pretty simple. And mainstream is in agreement. Uh, Mainstream physics community is in agreement that the moon is tidal locked with the earth in in effect that it does lift the ocean up towards it as we spin through it. And uh, that being said, common sense would dictate as the, as the polar caps melt, the ocean's going to get larger and you're going to transfer that gravitational Law, if you will, from the on, from the uh, moon that it has on the planet's uh, ice is going to transfer to the ocean, and that in effect changes the tilt. And um, you have the uh, the uh, the gate of the sun up there in Tiwanaku in Peru is set up for uh, the sun rising through it at 19.4 degrees uh, tilt. So. That that in effect is the um, the ice the ice age tilt is 19.4. The interglacial tilt is 23.4 degrees, which we're in right now. But it's actually it's actually moving about 100 feet per year lower. Uh, you know, I think you got to travel a, a thousand miles for one degree tilt. So it's it's so the the planet is uh, divine design, intelligent design. So it, it was set up to uh, basically uh, protect life. So things happen slowly. You're not just having, you know, it's not a Hollywood thing where you have, you know, just abrupt changes and everybody's on a surfboard looking for a place to land. Uh, you know, it's very, it's very subtle. It's it, and it's all based on the, uh, you know, the ice, the ice water ratios. So in effect, we're, we're, uh, you know, if you go back and look at the uh, ice samples. You have, um, you know, a million years of ice samples, and it's like clockwork. You've got a 104,000-year ice age and a 13,000-year interglacial period. So there's, 
is the last ten uh, or the last nine, or I mean, you could just you could set your calendar on. And uh, so obviously, there's there's something um, you know mechanical that uh, there's some mechanics involved, and it's not just um, just uh, uh, just out of just out of pure uh, you know randomness that we fall in and out of these uh, ages. They are really precise. They are very precise. And we're, we're uh, you know, beyond the, uh, you know, precision of um, uh, the science that we have today. Although maybe, maybe, maybe I'm stretching a little bit, but it's, it's, it's very, very, very tight precision. And it's all set up to protect the planet. And uh, they don't. So uh, as we, as everybody knows, we're heating. There's a, you know, we're getting closer and closer to the end of the interglacial period, more, uh, more ice melt and more gravitational drag on the planet is going to continue a uh, tilt back down to the uh, ice age from 19.3 degrees. So on my, uh, on my trail of discovery, I discovered there was images on the moon and uh, you look at the moon when it comes up out of the, uh, out of the ocean on on a full moon, there's the, everybody knows there's some dark spots on there. Well, um, what I, I discovered there was uh, actually five five images on the moon that actually tie into a lot of what's going on on Earth. And uh, my uh, fellow researcher Wendy Salter and I uh, kind of, you know, we put together what we could uh, at the time, uh, what what these images actually mean. And uh, you know, so it's a it's a long lost uh, part of uh, human history that has that has been retained by some of the ancient cultures. There's little, there's little drips and drabs and little dots and uh, little, little remnants of, um, of, uh, of information that tie into uh, the, uh, the moon's images. Like two of the images on the moon, everybody's familiar with the claw, but the bottom, the, the lowest, the lower hemisphere is the symbol of um, um, a Capricorn, the sea goat or the goatfish. And um, so, you know, the upper upper uh, hemisphere, of the upper latitudes of the moon have the claw, which is also known as cancer. And the moon is is the uh, sign for uh, the uh, cancer. Anybody born in July, like myself, uh, would know. Um, as far as the zodiac sign, and lo and behold, what do we have for the two tropics down on the Earth? You have the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn. And that's the two gauges where the, the sun you know, in, in the uh, summer summer uh, solstice and the winter uh, solstice of, of both hemispheres, the, the sun goes directly overhead at 23 and 23.4. Um, you know, there's there's a cobra up there above the uh, clock. The cobra is a very big um, iconology uh, in, in most uh, of the ancient texts. And uh, there's actually a real face of a man that we, we, we think is uh, Khonsu, based on the creator God story coming out of Egypt that, um, you know, our moon created the moon and gave his only begotten son, Khonsu, the moon to drive. So uh, it's actually, there's a, there's a couple of ballwright um, or, or black granite um, busts of uh, carvings of um, Khonsu, and the likeliness is, 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 is stunning, really, between the images on the moon and uh, and that, and then uh, there's also there's also some uh, mechanics up there. Everybody's familiar with the globe, and there's a half a C that holds the globe. 
Well, there's actually a half a C that ties the two images of uh, the two uh, zodiac symbols on the moon up there. And uh, these things are can be seen with the naked eye. But and, and, uh, well, before I uh, sh- uh, skip on, on that C clip that holds 99% of the globes on Earth, there's a C up there that ties in, like I said earlier, that ties in both the, uh, both the uh, zodiac symbols. And there's dots. There's like four dots up there. And they actually represent the tilts that the Earth actually goes through during its cycles of ice age and interglacial period. So it's absolutely fascinating um, the uh, the uh, the parallels of uh, of what, of the imagery on the moon and the cycles that we uh, actually go through on the Earth. Now that all being said, that's that's uh, a very large clock up there. Um, we have the Mayan clock, and then we have uh, procession. Procession and the Mayan clock they both hand in hand. The proces- the Mayan the Mayan count is like a uh, mechanical. Uh, processional clock that goes up to 26,000. It's a little bit less than that, but 26,000 just to round it off. And um, that that in and of itself is is the only uh, resemblance of time that we have. Because we're in the Milky Way galaxy, everything is spinning at the same speed. And without the wobble of the Earth, we really wouldn't have any... Uh, uh, understanding of time, like wh- you know where we are in the uh, you know the long cycles. So um, you know we have that's where the zodiac houses come from. When the sun rises up, in the, uh, we're, we're in uh, Pisces right now, and we're moving into the age of Aquarius, and it's uh, basically when the sun rises up. So we 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 understand you know that that's the uh, that's the large clock. That's one of the largest clocks besides the moon. Besides, uh, you know, theory I have that the, the moon is actually a large clock, also, <clears throat> and tells us where we are in the excuse me, tells us where we are in the interglacial and uh, ice ages. So uh, that all being said, uh, every time I stumble into something or, uh, or go back and, and look at something that I already knew about procession, but then I get into the moon and I get into time, and then it's like it just it just things start to click and fall into place. And um, it's not uh, by uh, randomness. It's not. It's it's designed. The wobble is designed into the uh, the Earth, and the wobble in and of itself also has seasons too. We're actually in the winter season of the wobble uh, right now. So, uh, John, what does that mean to us? Uh, it's it it doesn't really mean too much. To us right now because um, we're in the winter season of the wobble. Now, if we if we did have a, an event that caused us to tilt a lot faster, we would go into a, uh, a deeper freeze, into an ice age. We would descend. We would descend from the interglacial period into what I call it's it's, it's like we'd leave the uh, the uh, water age, which is the interglacial period. We would descend rapidly. Uh, a lot faster into the uh, ice age, which would be ice building mode. So there, there are um, there are seasons in the wobble just just because you're at different orientations to the uh, to the sun based on that um, 72 degrees. No, it's one degree every 72 years that 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 wobble occurs in. So that's that's kind of what uh, that means right now. So. 
Um, you can see, you can actually see, if you look at the ice core samples, and you can see uh, roughly 26,000 year, it's, it's four 26,000 year blocks in the ice age. And every one of them, every 26,000 year has a, has a seasonal change, and that's based on the wobble of the earth. And you'll, it'll, it's like a staircase going down, and then it'll bounce back up, and then it'll staircase going down. So it's like a, a staircase pattern for each 26,000-year uh, cycle of procession that, we, <clears throat> that the ice age or the ice samples actually pick up. It's absolutely fascinating if you, if you go check out these, um, these ice samples. And you, can, you can see for yourself what I'm talking talking about. Now I have I have all that information in the uh, there is something about the moon book because uh, it's like I'm just scratching the surface here, just trying to get out a a, a good um, a good understanding of where where uh, my uh, discoveries have come from and where they're going to. So um, that all being okay. said, um, yeah. you know, moving on to uh, you know uh, the healing potentials of uh, of pyramids. Whether it's a six-pound pyramid that you have, you know, a couple of poles over your head, or a six-million-ton pyramid, the uh, the, uh, the there's a there's a time to go into a pyramid um, to a, to uh, benefit your health or to maybe raise your consciousness based on that, the subatomic flow. That's pretty flows important. That, what you discover. Right, right. That's kind of what I discovered is that. There's, uh, there's, there's. You're walking into, um, you're walking into a machine, and it has, it has the, you know, it, it has a, a Fibonacci vortex on it. Um, like if you look at the uh, Orion configuration of a lot of the pyramids around the world, and uh, or the dog leg uh, configuration, and uh, if you think about. The, uh, if you just visualize the uh, planet spinning, and you have the three pyramids uh, and the Giza plateau, and we're rotating east. Well, the uh, the one that cuts into the moon's gravitational first, gravitational field first, is a, uh, GP3, and then GP2, then GP1. So they kind of you know rotates in. The small one rotates in first, then the then the medium size, then then the larger one, Khufu. And um, what that is, and it, this has been, you know, discovered a long, long time ago, that there is a Fibonacci uh, spiral on that Orion configuration. So what, if, you know, if you step back out and, and visualize this massive uh, energy force that, that we spin through every day, the moon's gravitational field uh, and, the, and the, you know, pulling on the Earth's gravitational field, that sets up a gravitational uh, vortex in the shape of a uh, of a uh, of the Fibonacci uh, vortex. So, and as you go through it, you spin through it, you're getting a very very dense high energy vortex that is that was set up to do something on the other side of the planet, and that is lower the gravitational field under the Hawaiian hotspot and allow any pressure. Uh, magma pressure buildup to bleed out of that hot spot rather than come out of the ring of fire or some other place like uh, Yellowstone in a violent eruption. So this is, this is uh, what I call the planet builders divine intelligent design is that 
when you when if you're if you step back and say okay if you if you were given um, endless powers and uh, said okay make me a planet make me a solar system and you get to Earth and your your biggest one of your biggest your biggest um, challenges is going to be controlling magma and tectonic plates, plate tectonics. That's going to be one of your major, your major challenges. And you're going to have, you're going to have your hands full. So you're going to have to do some, um, some pyramid building to uh, basically create a magma relief valve to uh, control because we're hurtling through the universe. We, we go in and out of, um, you know, high temperatures and the and, the high, and you know, we, we got seasons, so you have high temperatures on one one uh, hemisphere, and you have low temperatures on the other, and then you swap back over. You're constantly going in and out. You're constantly playing with thermodynamics, and then you also have the planets that also have a gravitational impact on what's going on on the Earth. So uh, okay, so well, anyways, I'm, I'm going to stop. Short, I'm gonna, I'm, okay, yeah. go ahead. Finish, and then I have a question. Go ahead. Yeah. So long story short, there's a lot of energies in play, and we get we get gravitational boosts. We get you know we get an increase decrease. So what I what I've you know kind of come to believe is that when you go into a pyramid, you need to know where the moon is, and you need to know where the where the planets are, and um, to uh, get the maximum benefit of of an energy flow to uh, work in in uh, synchronicity with you want to be a synchronized energy flow with your with the energy flow that you have your aura your uh, your chakras so you have a you have an energy flow that comes through the top of your head and goes out the bottom and rounds back up again well if you go into a pyramid and it's going the opposite direction you might get a wild sensation that you have to take a pee you know and you're not getting you're not benefiting anybody so to leave right. the tour early. So, I mean, because a lot of people can identify uh, that, that that have been in these pyramids that all of a sudden they have to, you know, go to the bathroom because well, you're, it's in an a, immediate you're in detox. a large gravitational. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's, it could be. It is an immediate so, detox and it hits the kidney meridian yeah. and it's, Right, and right. it's just flushing it out really fast, and you're just like whammed. Yeah. But um, what, okay, yeah, like so what's several, going on here? Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. several things, okay, and you could you can pick up their thread wherever. Okay, so I'm a moon child mm-hmm. too, June 29th, and even my name right. was supposed to be Re- Rebecca, and then at the last minute they named me Cynthia Diane. Cynthia's light. Diane's the goddess of the moon. And oh, so from yeah. the time of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so moon, moon child, always been fascinated, have hosted moon meditations, new moon, full moon for over 20 years. But when I was a little girl, the neighbors across the street were very, like, different than all the other neighbors, and I adored them. And they went to Egypt, Mm -hmm. and they brought back this, um, you know, this cloth, this beautiful cloth. And it came to my parents, and my parents were like, oh, this is nice. And somehow it came to me, and I've had it all these years. So I knew one day I would go to the pyramids, and I did in 2008. And um, and it's interesting, you know, like I, I, I started off as a nurse, so I was always fascinated with the healing aspect of anything. And I went with 40 uh, sound healers, most of us sound healers and uh, from around the world. So we did sound healing in the pyramids, went into the great you know, pyramid and the lights went out and we had to, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, the crawl space. I mean, you're like, I had no idea it would be like it was going up this little ladder and wow. 
Okay, and then the light's out, right? And, you know, you had to take the backpack off your back because you can't have it. You have to carry it in front of you. And, you know, you get the, I mean, 40 of Mm -hmm. us traipsing up there, and it was before dawn. You know, we came out at 830 in the morning after we'd been in there for two and a half hours, Mm -hmm. came out this little portal, Mm -hmm. this opening, and there was the whole strip filled with caravans of all these tourists. And I just went, oh, okay. You know, it was an amazing experience. And so then the one... Um, you know, where they had all the medical instruments, like like all the medical instruments that are used today, like everything, even the little uh, pacifiers, the nooks, the clay pacifiers right. made thousands and thousands of years ago, you know, et cetera. And then you look at the Jewish faith, everything's on the lunar calendar. Right. Everything is always been mm-hmm. on the lunar calendar. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it, do, I mean, yeah. there, there's an intelligence. The I mean, even the... Yep. Right, even the menstrual cycles. You know, even even mm-hmm. the doctors who yep. figure out when you're going to have a baby, it's based on the lunar cycles. Mm-hmm. It's 10 months of 28 mm-hmm. days. You know, there's just this, there's an innate intelligence. Okay, so, mm-hmm. all right, so a couple other things. I Alaska, I have taught in Alaska during the summer solstice, 20, you know, 1, 22 hours of daylight, and then I've taught there in October where there's, like, no light, hardly at all. And it's, you know, and I, I've often wondered about that. It's like, what is that about? Like, like, and I know it's position, you know, position where it is and et cetera, but the light and the darkness that has always intrigued me with Alaska. And then the final thing is I know what you're talking about with these oceans and the intelligence. I just spent two weeks on the ocean sitting on this balcony of this condo that my clients just gifted me for two weeks. And there I am sitting there and I'm watching the ocean every single night and the intelligence, the absolute intelligence. And then the last night we were there, I was looking for the meteor shower, you know, this meteor shower, the largest meteor shower that we've ever Mm -hmm. experienced supposedly in the history of time. And I, I didn't see it, but by watching for it, I got to see all this night activity on the ocean and I'm so wherever you want to go with this, I mean, and then what about the earth? Like you were talking about the fire and the intense heat. Like we have all this heat in California right now. And yet in yeah, India, yeah. we have floods, you know, like what, right, what do you right. make with all of this? I mean, wherever you want to go, I, and maybe yeah, I'm just off yeah. track, but I'm fascinated by everything you're no. saying. <laughs> and, and the Fibonacci, no, like, like okay, that's the last thing. attract each other, you know. Yeah, Excuse but me? the Fibonacci and the megahertz, you know this, like the 528 frequency, mm-hmm. you know this. And, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm the probably human, preaching to human, the choir. Human resonance, yeah. Right, right. right. But we're all, yeah. Yeah. like, yeah. affected by all of this, you know. And, I mean, mm-hmm. we use tuning forks yeah. in the middle of the Temple of Dendara. We get, well, our time was midnight, mm-hmm. and I thought for sure we were the last group. But, oh, no, there was another group after mm-hmm. us at 1 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, wow. to be in the yeah. sacred sound chambers and doing toning wow. and all of the things that we did. And I was the featured psychic right. on the trip. So, I mean, I got to do all kinds of stuff. I uh-huh. mean, Temple of Isis channeled Isis. It was like beyond, beyond nice. Uh, nice. anything I've ever done. And, you know, it's like, yeah. so what do you think, John? I mean, you, you've linked yeah. this up, and I think you're spot on. I think you're, I started off in science right. and... You know, you're spot on with the moon and how it's affecting all of this. Yeah. So, what do you what do you think's changing? Well, it's it's uh, it's it's uh, part of a, a natural cycle. We go in these interglacial periods, and um, you know, it's 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 all it's all it's all about thawing out. And it's it, if you look at the moon, um, we're in the age of man. If you look at the symbology on the moon. Now you know it, it's it's in my book, but I'll I'll just say that it's, it's like 
the interglacial period is for man and animals that we, we uh, you know, we ascend to a high level of population and, you know, we, we peak out intellectually, uh, scientifically, technologically, uh, spiritually. And, um, you know, we get to, we get to a real, real heightened, uh, uh, you know, awareness of the universe and, and I think, you know, we get, we get pretty close to figuring it all out. And then, you know, the ice age comes, you know, it's, it's, it's all, it's all part of balance. You can't can keep, continue to, um, you know, uh, populate, uh, you know, expand and, 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 uh, you know, uh, you use all the resources on the planet. There's only a finite amount of resources and everything does, um, you know, recycling, come back as, as uh, the elements that are all here eventually, you know, but it takes time and, it, and it's got to go through these cycles. So well, if you look at the ice samples, it's as clear as day. I mean, it, it, we go in and out of these cycles. And if you step back and look at the big picture, we have to go through these cycles. We, we, we just can't keep, uh, you know, we just can't keep warming up and, um, you know, uh, it, it, it just ruin the planet. And as you can see, a lot, of, a lot of life is having a tough time adjusting to these uh, these changes that we're going in. And as we get closer to the end of this interglacial period, um, you know, more and more life is going to uh, pass on. But as, as, as I understand it, and what I've come to believe is all life on this planet that's ever been on this planet for, you know, billions and billions of years um, is in the state, is in a diatomic state. So it will, over time, come back. Like the dinosaurs will come back, the large birds will come back, the, you know, uh, the the, uh, the the woolly mammoths. And you know, it might be it might be geoengineering or, or, uh, or uh, not, I mean, not geoengineering, genetics is doing it. But it's also on a larger scale. It, it's it's a large large uh, time. I think in the uh, in, in the large scale it's 332 million years to do one cycle around the uh, the center of the milky way galaxy i think we've gone around like um, I don't know how many times maybe eight times or something like that so i think i mean it's a huge clock i mean it's just, it's right. just it, you can just imagine us just going in and out of these ice ages and and uh, you know humans you have to take the form of a human here uh, you know if you want aliens walk-ins uh, you, we have um, you know we have uh, you know uh, you know uh, uh, masters that come and go on these planets. That you know the big the big uh, high spirited mature souls that come in and, and just in the nick of time and calm things down and and uh, you know sway us move us one way or another. Uh, whether it's through science, spirituality, uh, sacrifice, uh, you name it, they seem to you know keep us keep us on track. But um, yeah, so it's it's. It's kind of like if we get now, if you dial into where we're at right now, going into this last summer has been, you know, record breaking across the globe. I think they had the highest temperature ever in, uh, you know, North Africa. Um, and, you know, obviously there's fires all over the place, even Sweden and, and uh, Switzerland and uh, Greece. I mean, it's just, it's just an unbelievable amount of um, heat out there. Not to mention, you know, the heat waves uh, just just across the states in Europe and uh, in the northern hemisphere, especially. But um, this this all ties into the planets. Like the uh, planets of this is a very unique year. Uh, you know, basically, what we're in the solar minimum, and 
you know, we just started the solar minimum like four or five months ago. All the sunspots have relatively gone away. And, when, you know, it's, it's a contradiction in terms because you call it a solar minimum, but actually it's a radiation maximum. You're actually putting out and absorbing more radiation on the Earth thermally, charged particle, charged particle towards the Earth. So we're absorbing a, a much more, more energy during the solar minimum. That all being said, the second thing that's a little, uh, a little uh, uh, out of the ordinary is that all the planets were on one side of the uh, sun this, this particular summer. So all the large planets are on one side of the sun. Now, I went back to a little research, and it, the last uh, for 120 years, every time all the planets line up on, the, uh, on, the, uh, on one side of the sun, you have a 3,000% increase in volcanic activity, in which we've just gone through. We've had a, a marketable increase in volcanic activity across the whole globe. Um, and these, this happens, and, and you know, uh, and it's also connected to the moon's metonic cycle. Like, where's the moon in in uh, relationship to other large planets? Um, so, uh, so you have you have these, you have this. We we have great data. The data is unbelievable out there. I mean, we have we have enough data to actually stop predicting earthquakes. We have uh, we have enough data to stop predicting. Uh, volcanic activity, volcanoes going off based on previous um, eruptions and previous right. planetary alignments. So, so okay. that's John. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Okay. Yeah. Hold that thought. Okay. Okay. No. 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 Really. And 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 really. Okay. We had two. We have had two solar eclipses and a lunar eclipse. Bam. 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 Which doesn't happen very often. And um, it's just been intense. We had six of the seven. Six of the nine planets uh, retrograde. Okay. So it's like. Right. It's, it's interesting. Okay, but I have to mention this conference. Yeah. Okay, globalpyramidconference.com. Right. Yeah, www.globalpyramidconference.com. You can, um, you know, sign up for everything there. And I just want to mention, Marta mentioned it at the front end, there are speakers from Egypt, the U.S., Algeria, Hawaii, um, oh, my goodness, uh, Slovakia, India. Canada, Canada, where else, Marta? India, get it covered Austria, yeah, right. Thailand. And these are, yeah, yeah. they're all coming together, and it's it's just amazing. And here are some of the topics: the pyramid portal and pyramid subtle energy analysis, the Atlantean Egyptian healing connection, pyramid healing, uh, healing power of the pyramids, pyramid movement of uh, India, practical pyramid applications, pyramid energy uh, meditation for total healing of masses magnetism and the healing aspect of the pyramids, experimenting with pyramidal structures and energy healing and working with the Great Pyramid and your light body and so much more. Okay, so we have a couple more minutes. Marta, anything you want to add? Um, sign up. Okay, listen, and and she has specials. If two of you sign up, I mean, if two of you sign up, you get an even better deal, and it's so much more fun to bring a friend, and then you're talking about it, too, on the way to the conference, and you're talking about it on the way home, and, you know, as John said, there's the conference, and then there's the conference within the conference. You know, Marta has done it all. yeah, she's provided music. She's provided, like, so many things. There's a Saturday evening dinner program, you know, where you get together with people, and they're all in this. It's not like, 
you know, separation. Everyone's in this together. And, you know, the Middle Eastern music with hors d'oeuvres and, you know, all this other stuff. She's just done, I don't know, Marta, my hat's off to you. You know that. And then, um, you know, I I adore you, and I'm so glad our paths have crossed. But, you know, John, anything you want to add? We have another minute here or so, so go ahead. Yeah, I, I thought we—I thought it was only 30 minutes into the interview. Wow. <laughs> We're in the pyramids. We're in the energy. The pyramids are saying thank you and all of the intelligence behind them. I just want to do a time slip here, you know? Yeah, yeah I know. I want to add the fantastic dimension not only locally but internationally, that you make once you come to a program such as this. They stay with you for life. You make incredible friends. Right. Absolutely. And Marta has been infusing this with light. And, you know, I mean, Marta's just doing her job. And the rest of us need to step up and just support this conference and, and, you know, et cetera. Okay, John, what did you want to say? I hear something last words. Uh, yeah, we're like I said earlier, we're we're a little slice of the uh, human family that that are down here, truth seekers, looking for the uh, looking for the uh, you know the information, uh, you know, uh, you know, putting some putting the science out, putting the, the spirituality out, the function that the uh, you know the esoterics and and um, it's 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 the uh, the potential for these events is that we can uh, you know. Uh, guide the human consciousness in the right direction. So the more people Absolutely. that get involved and come in, you, you, can, you don't have to be a writer, uh, you know, a movie, a movie star or, you know, a video, you know, picture maker or whatever. I mean, you just, just coming in and, and giving, it, giving it a thought and passing on, you know, the technology, the ideas, the concepts will, will enforce that human consciousness and, you know, swing the pendulum into the uh, into the good region of uh, our uh, journey that we're basically on down here. We're all we're all on a journey, and uh, you know, uh, I think we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Amen, amen. So, okay, well, John, thank you so much for being my. Oh, thank, yeah, stay positive. I agree in these times yeah. especially. So, And go find a pyramid mm-hmm. if you're feeling down and get energized. <laughs> Shift there your energy. So, yeah, that's right. Okay, so, John, thank you so much for being John Shaughnessy, author. Yeah. And um, Do you want to say your website really fast? Uh, yeah, Pyramid Gravity Force is uh, one, one for uh, – it's all, all, uh, all one word, dot com, and uh, TSAT Moon. Abbreviated for there is something about the moon dot com. You can get these uh, books on Amazon, uh, Lulu Books, and I have a ton of videos, sixty four, sixty five videos on my latest discoveries on uh, my YouTube channel. And uh, okay. you'll, uh, you know, if you want to get get more about what I'm talking about, like I said, I'm just scratching the surface. Uh, YouTube's free. Just just get in, like it, uh, share it, and. Uh, hit me up. Okay. I'm available on uh, Facebook and Google and YouTube. So okay. thanks for listening. And, thanks and, for being yeah, here. Thank you so much. And Marta is globalpyramidconference.com, and um, you can contact Marta there if you have any questions. Okay, so Marta and John, thank you so much for being my guests, and may the pyramid energy continue this and, um, fabulous, fabulous uh, interview. I, I really just appreciate both of you. Okay, so thank you so much. Uh, Have a wonderful evening, and uh, thank you again. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy, for having us. Thank you, Cindy.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.